your shoe It's a very easy thing to do Just sit on down and I'll give you the scoop What's that? It's called the loop-de-loop -loop. You gotta take lace in each hand You go over and under again You make a loop-de-loop -loop and pull And your shoes are looking cool You go over and back Left to right Loop-de-loop -loop and you pull them tight Like bunny ears or a Christmas bow Lace them up and you're ready to go You make a loop-de-loop -loop and pull And your shoes are looking cool How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soap Zone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It is going exquisite. Oh. Oh, nice. Which is the most I'll probably enunciate this whole podcast. Yeah. So is exquisite, like, exquisite from the outside? Like the opposite? Versus inquisite? Inquisite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a record scratch. Inquisite? Inquisite, exquisite. <laughs> Oh, man. Inquisitor? No, no, no. Inquisitor. Inquisitor, yeah. <laughs> Don't know him. <laughs> the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> the, the, the Spanish Exquisition. Or Excavation. Exhibition. Excavation? Yeah. Oh, there's that sound again. Well, that sound means it's time <laughs> to start the podcast. Uh, today, we would like to uh, take a moment. Come into your place of work or car or home. Or gym. Or gym. Some people do that, I guess. Are we bored into your ear holes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be the right ear. <laughs> and I'll be the left. <laughs> I don't think we have positional audio. That's fine. I always uh, mix this down to a mono track anyways, because otherwise it literally sounds like schizophrenia. <laughs> You're just like, oh, this person's voice always comes from my right ear. <laughs> I think it can be done well in music. I've sh like I've shown you the Run the Jewels song mm -hmm. where um, LP is saying, he's like, we won't remain. And then it goes to the other side of the speaker and says, in our places. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I appreciate what they did there. What I found, though. It is, sounds fucking weird if they did it all the time. Like, it, it's entirely doable, like, and it can have a cool effect. Also, like, sound that travels between the left and right channel. Yeah. Kind of, like, bouncing back and forth, almost like a ping pong. Well, a lot of people are familiar with that. But in order to make it work, um, you have to have a consistent backing sound that's in both track, like a beat or some part of the track that um, so is consistent. So it doesn't just hollow on one side. Exactly. So yep. you don't you don't go to zero in one of the tracks um, because that is actually really disorienting. It's weird. but Like they say, uh, dead air is not, not good air. No, it's true. True fact. Um, speaking of dead air... Uh, on this episode of the podcast, we would like to talk about, uh, I guess that was a Left for Dead mission, third one? Uh, third or fourth from Left for Dead one. Hmm. Dead Air was pretty... I remember that one being hard in multiplayer. That, like, final conflict. You could be, like, hit from any angle, basically. Yes. It was, like, pretty rid ridiculous. They gave you, the, like, the gun... But the gun is almost a trap, the um, stationary emplacement. Because, like, you're so susceptible to special infected on so many angles. All right, but if you're just against, like, AI, they're probably not going to give you the suck. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, if it were me, if it was doing... Because like, Left 4 Dead 2 supported Left 4 Dead 1 maps. Yeah, point. they moved them all over, yeah. Yeah. I could easily see this spitter being like... <laughs> <laughs> Stay and die or leave. <laughs> And live <laughs> well. 
<laughs> I guess I'll leave. <laughs> I stay. You go. <laughs> <laughs> Dies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, also uh, looping or a loop as a uh, game design kind of characteristic. Um, in particular, we should probably define what yeah, we're talking we about. Probably there. should yeah. a little bit. Uh, so. Uh, at a certain level of zoom into what you're doing in the game, the uh, mechanical loop is what the player is actually doing, like in the middle of the game. So it's like if they um, log into the game right now, if they launch it up, uh, what set of activities are they going to be doing? Like how does that drive their progression forward? Um, what like time kinds of um, uh, rewards would we like to give them to reinforce this loop? Mm-hmm. Like what keeps people playing your game makes up the loop. Main quest, side quest, side quest, side quest, side quest, main quest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Side quest until no side quest, main quest, right? <laughs> All right, if I have to. That's the way I used to play games. I don't find myself doing that nearly as much anymore because I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to sleep for work or something like that. Yeah. See a side quest. <laughs> or, or sometimes I'm like, I'll do a side quest and be like, here, have this shoe. I'm like, is this a quest item for like four hours from now? I don't even want this. <laughs> You show up later, like get to the end of the game, and it's just like uh, yeah, the a lock for the for the boss. <laughs> and just shoe it's just shoe. <laughs> You're just like, oh no, <laughs> I made a terrible mistake. We're- yeah, but I would say um, getting progression in games. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, if you're going through and getting quest content, or main game storyline, character progression, uh, but namely. As you are getting there as the lowly hero to the big dickus at the end, you're <laughs> yeah. fully geared up. Yeah. I would say the big bad evil guy, but that works too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Latin term. <laughs> Biggest dickus. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, it, it's what, it's what gets you there. And importantly, it's what keeps you playing the game. Um, so like an example I've got here is like starting out on the, more uh, simple side, um, the loop could very well just be the mechanics for the game. Like uh, a game like Tetris. Your gameplay loop in Tetris is don't lose and also win, in particular by lining things up. Like, I think in the initial notes of Tetris, that's actually just what they jotted down. Yeah. <laughs> don't lose and also win. <laughs> the programmer looks at the notes and is like, what the crap? <laughs> but I mean, it's like the exact same for every level. Mm-hmm. But it, the difficulty comes in, it gets faster every time. You have to react. Because if you make a mistake, it, it lasts a good bit. Yeah, exactly. As anybody who's played Dr. Mario will tell you. <laughs> Tetris just teaches you that uh, actions have consequences. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like other other games kind of in that vein, uh, mobile game, Candy Crush, like any kind of Connect 3 game, it's like that. It's just the mechanic, sometimes with additional mechanical layers kind of uh, floated on top, uh, defines what you're doing. You're just playing the game. Arcade games were much like that. Um, but then once you get to more complicated games, as um, it's, I was, was going to say, it's a recent, it's not a recent development. Honey Pop, the more advanced <laughs> Candy Crush. They've been around forever. <laughs> um, but uh, you may have like multiple loops uh, for what you're actually doing in the game. Mm-hmm. And you may have, um, in the case of like open world games, choice. So you have a choice about what your acti- next activity would be. Um, 
and I think so we've talked about like open world games in the past and um, you've expressed some trepidation about uh, poorly implemented open world games where they kind of just drop you in there but there's nothing uh, I, would, I would say like focused or fun enough to really do yeah um it's it's that, easy that was a lead off right i, was like, I think that was okay. yeah just take take this i was gonna walk out <laughs> use the restroom yeah yeah but one of the reasons we're always giving mgs5 so much praise mm-hmm. is because it's a unique world it's not super giant or randomly generated but it has a set number of encampments but all of them are very unique and there's yeah. unique ways to approach them mm-hmm. maybe you run in there you knock a guy out and you fold them up to take him back to mother base. Right, exactly. Or maybe you run in there with your dog and you're like, <laughs> go slit his throat with that knife that you have in your teeth. What have you got in your mouth? Or <laughs> a knife. Spit it no. out, boy. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Just covered in blood. Yeah. But um, the whole thing is it feels cohesive, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of open world games just feel very open. They kind of copy and paste things like encampments or oh, look, these three bandits are walking in a figure eight. Yeah. Being like, man, I sure hate the government. Who are you? And then <laughs> they come after you. I would I would actually like compare um, how the outposts, because outposts are very common in open world games. Like a lot of them have they're, the outposts. They're landmarks, structure. basically. Yeah. It's just a point of gameplay. And for the purpose of looping, you know, maybe you're going across the map, uh, defeating, unlocking capturing outposts uh whatever um that's this that could describe like mgs5 that could describe uh far cry a lot of the far cry games have the exact far same cry, blood dragon. yeah <laughs> blood dragon probably other far cry games as well. yeah like i think plus or minus two far cry games the same <laughs> exact mechanic um but it's that but, map exploration getting the checkpoint mm-hmm. getting better gear and yeah. stuff to be more efficient at doing that loop itself and I think like uh, something MGS5 that like Far Cry, I don't believe has ever accomplished. Admittedly, I have not played the most recent two. Um, would or th- most three. recent is probably five. Three actually, yeah. Hey. Far, Far Cry Five. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Last three, it would have been uh, four, uh, Primal, and five are the ones I haven't played. Right. Um, but uh, when you go into that encampment, you're getting it just to either get like another. Um, kind of assassin's creed-esque map discovery point or um you're just doing it for completion or experience or something in mgs5 you could be like upgrading your squad you could be getting soldiers that like continually through the rest of the game that mechanic drives your interest in the loop yes. you're like oh my gosh i was just gonna go like blunds blunds gazing <laughs> <laughs> blunds gazing <laughs> guns blazing into this outpost um and just like drop a mortar on it or something or an airstrike but that guy that guy is an s-rank like logistics officer like i i gotta I get that guy convert him exactly but then you can send him out on missions to then get money or resources like maybe that squad will come back with a tank you're like I could use a tank yeah. or I could sell a tank mm-hmm. back for money. You spend money on other things to upgrade units or buy resources and then it all, it feeds itself. Exactly. And like that, that tangible, uh, I think one of the big differences for some of these games is meaningful uh, progression that the care, the player cares about in some way. It doesn't have to be like gear. It doesn't have to be uh, personal character upgrades. 
if it's story progression that the player's invested in, like that's that's separate kind of from this loop mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, you know, essential in so many games that the story actually matters. That can be the motivation to keep the player in the loop. Um, but for me personally, like tangible progressions always really nice. And um, if I'm invested in the progression, then you can get me to just waste my time in video games. <laughs> like seriously like mgs5 i remember just replaying missions um using like quick saves essentially or save points to farm resources over and over and over again um yeah you're a a resource point whore yeah i would just yes actually (laughs) (laughs) uh like fulton all those uh crates out um, all the resource crates and things Mm -hmm. like that just farm them up as much as i could farm personnel like it's not even the way the game's intended to be played. It, but, it doesn't matter, though. But I got it into a loop where yeah. I was just like, this is my payoff. That's your investment and the route you take when you go into play. Mm-hmm. Or something like Monster Hunter being another obvious resource example or resource tie-in is you go in, you're like, hey, I'm going to go kill this monster to get some pieces to try and build or upgrade some gear. Yeah. But along the way, I'm going to collect some other things so I can make potions mm-hmm. or other gear components I might need. Right like upgrades, things like that. Um, Monster Hunter is probably one of the best examples of a game that is very heavily reliant on the loop um, more than pretty much anything else. They only really care about the gameplay of preparing for a fight, preparing for a hunt, the act of the hunt, and then preparing for the next hunt. You could actually... Oh, the, the carving of the... <laughs> yeah, the, the carving happens too. Body um, mutilation. <laughs> right. Um, but like, if you think about it, how many people cared about the story of like monster hunter? I actually have negative interest in the story. Oh dude, I <laughs> did. we can go back to that episode, the unskippable cutscenes, everything else. I don't care. Stop trying to make me care, please. Yeah, exactly. If I could just remove this story from the game, I would actually have a better time with it. Cause I'm just in there for the hunts. If all the NPCs just kind of saw me and gave me a silent nod, <laughs> yes. that'd be more meaningful to me. If you could I'd be re- like, oh, mysterious. <laughs> if you could replace the uh, NPCs with just like menus, that would be that would be great. Just buy sell menus. <laughs> just boil it down to a spreadsheet and then a monster hunt. I'm good. <laughs> like good enough. Kind of like Oregon Trail, like pick your supplies. Uh back in Independence, where you're just like, all right, I have fifty bucks. I'm gonna buy all of these. I know I've said this at least to you in person. I'm not mm-hmm. sure on the podcast. Probably. <laughs> Every time I play Oregon Trail, I would hunt buffalo, mm-hmm. get meat, trade for bullets and bacon. Yeah. Eat the bacon, shoot the bullets at the <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> it was the the correct way to play, I think, right? You're just I mean, like... that was the only, quotes, intense gameplay of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like events happen. I'm like, but let me shoot again. (laughs) Campfire, sure. Here's the booze. Let me shoot again. I remember the game actually like scored you based off of how quickly you made it um, out to Oregon. And I always just wrote that off entirely. It's like, it's going to be 10 winters. Uh, We're going to be running this wagon overloaded the entire way there. Don't worry if the wheels break due to having 3,000 pounds of meat on the wagon. Um, I've I'll bought spares. The river with meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just start constructing your clothes and belongings out of meat. <laughs> Super meat wagon. <laughs> uh. How is he floating? It's actually just very thin skin that's kind of ballooned up. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. 
but um yeah that's so, so that the was the oregon trail was <laughs> hunt trade hunt trade hunt trade hunt until he made it to oregon yeah and then dying of a uh, dysentery which mm-hmm. is where everyone's like i'm not keen on this dave guy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they kill dave and that's the end of the game <laughs> oh man that's been a long time oregon trail yeah. i was like i remember playing uh those in the library mm-hmm. there's like probably a couple other games that were really dumb probably more like uh like cd rom like hey here's a couple of learning games like yeah. math blaster i want to say math blaster is amazing and not dumb yes but yeah. a lot of other things in that space were just like add these numbers i'm like where's the incentive of math blaster <laughs> i think they were both made by actually that could not that might not be true i'm pretty sure oregon trail at least a decade ago was owned by the learning company i think math blaster was owned by um it wasn't scholastics it was um can't remember never mind <laughs> scholastic sounds familiar it's been a those are the uh, magic school bus bit. and other books like that they make um make those series probably not then yeah what but, are we talking about? <laughs> but uh like that would be the example of, of a loop and in oregon trail you can choose your activities you choose you know how quick you go by having the wagon be lighter we both uh went for the non-pacifist playthrough <laughs> where we just killed as Genocide many <laughs> as many species as we can <laughs> on our way to oregon and then just pray that one of the species not is not human being right like the wagon makes it in the end <laughs> donner party <laughs> <laughs> But not, Donner party scenario. of three, Donner party of two, <laughs> Donner. <laughs> oh man, but um, yeah, that's that's really uh, what it comes down to. And like there there have been uh, some examples of games I've played. Um, I think it's basically known at this point that I play trash games. Like sometimes, uh, sometimes you play good games, but there yeah. are times you're like, I'm gonna jump into a single player thing that looks interesting to me. Yeah, everyone else is like, we would not touch that with a stick. <laughs> Mainly because I'm looking at Kenshi up here. <laughs> yes, yeah, Kenshi's on the list, which um, I actually sunk a bunch of time into, kind of like a base building game in a um, dystopian future survival setting. But is it? Since I'm less familiar with the mechanics, I'm sure mm-hmm. other people are not as super familiar as well. I don't think anyone else has heard is of this game. Is it like a Rust? Like survival, explorer, craft? It's it's more like a kind of isometric view, sort of by default, mm-hmm. where you like control individual colonists and like tell them what to do. Um, and even the whole colony part is optional. You could go from town to town, kind of be a raider or um, like scavenge, trade for what you want. So it's a runescape. It's kind of, it is actually like a, um, a single-player macro runescape that's hmm. actually pretty accurate like um you can like create goods you can like manufacture you can do all this and all these mechanics feed into like the loop while i'm playing it i'm always trying to like skill up research new tech find more profitable things i can create um so i can like sell it off to a, a store um but there's a lot of freedom in like how you go about playing the game and like all of that sounds amazing right like if you're someone who's into survival crafty um colony sim base building type games like this sounds great mm-hmm. and I'm, then, I, then i can tell you like the graphics are pretty much garbage uh it doesn't run that well um it, it had issues with like some crashing it's got like 
bugs where enemies would sometimes just glitch inside of my base after I spent all this time building a wall. <laughs> they just phase. <laughs> they just phase through, literally. Um, like the game lets you choose the um, how fast it goes, the speed of the simulation, basically. Mm-hmm. And if you go too fast, sometimes collision seems to <laughs> bug out. So enemies are just like the war party that was like marching to your base and you relied on like gunners on the wall in front of the gate to like mm-hmm. take them out. Uh, they just like phase through your wall, and I'm just like, this somewhat complicates things. I thought you were gonna say like you had like a, a slight slope or mm-hmm. incline up to your base, and they just kind of went, they just ran straight off into, <laughs> into the space, the great thing. I actually like thought about it, and I, I gotta give the game a little bit of credit for this. I like built the wall around my base, and you can put like uh, harpoon guns or like uh, kind of rapid fire like chain guns or things whatever on your base those are the late game weapons i think um but i was like it seems kind of inefficient to have the gate in the front and the enemies will just run up and start like hitting your gate Mm -hmm. so if you think about the gate as like a uh a flat line or your wall with the gate on it as a flat line the enemies can just run up and hit your gate and you only have a couple gunners on either side of the gate that can actually hit those enemies once they're all up close so I mixed it up. Did you horseshoe it? I made a U-shape. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just like walls of death. And enemies would run up and be like, we're taking the gate. And it's just like harpoon, harpoon, <laughs> harpoon, harpoon. <laughs> Jake um, relearned the, the old French war strategy of cul-de-sac. <laughs> yes. That's li- I Which means it. to cut off their balls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cul-de-sac. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all of that... Um, it was really fun. I like trading. I like going out, exploring the world. And then it just hit like a plateau where I was like, I don't have anything I want to do. There's a lot of things I could do, mm-hmm. but I don't have anything I want to do. And I just stopped playing. Like I just quit the game. I just never started it again. Um, so that sounds to me like it has a good loop in general, but it might plateau. Yeah. Where like certain games... Again, going back to Path of Exile being a great example of game design, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, they have so many ways to keep bringing you back yeah. as far as the progression tree. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to farm something? Here's this type of mini game, or this type of challenge mini game, or this type of challenge mini game. And they keep adding content like that, or they'll have new seasons in the same way Diablo 3 would. To be like, hey, come back to us. Yeah. Come check out this cool new shit. It's going to keep trying to get you back into that progression and being invested in the game itself. And for the most part, like they play around with the same core mechanics. They just change up the loop a little bit. They modify the mechanics a little bit. Um, but for the most part, it's this, it's like at other um, action hack and slash games where you're running around, killing things, getting loot, getting gear. Um, like it just boils down to that, but they add enough variety in the mechanics and in the enemies and in the skills and in the personal progression that you can do that same loop over and over and over and over and still feel invested and like you're accomplishing something. Yeah. And for the people who are listening who are like, all right, but I'm not into those types of games. Uh, Are you into fucking roguelikes? Yeah. Or something like Dota, any type of MOBA? Those have the loops in and of themselves where you are essentially going to redo the same content. And through Dota, you don't really have progression outside of rank and cosmetics. Mm Mm-hmm. But that in and of itself is like incentive for me. I mean, I enjoy the gameplay, obviously. That's why I play. Yeah. But I enjoy being rewarded (laughs) with buying cosmetics or like trying to get my rank up for a season. Like, hey, here's my new mile marker. I did this well. 
here's what I can do. Here's what I would like to do yeah. next year. Like like in Dota, you start the simulation basically a new a, a new every time, and you just change the variables a bit. Like I'll do my best personally, but mm. like taking a step back from that, it's always just five v five. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, <laughs> players versus players. Um, trying their best, playing different heroes, so that's a variable in the simulation, maybe picking up different items, that's another variable in the simulation, having on or off days, another variable, their own personal preferences, and like all of those variables and the exact same loop of farm, fight, push, farm, fight, push, farm, fight, push, like is a game of Dota and you can play thousands of hours of it. Yeah, and there's never been an identical... (laughs) scenario it's impossible yeah but you do pick up things that like oh if i'm a techies player i know how people are expecting to see my minds for this patch mm-hmm. and you you play with that you work around that mm-hmm. you know what you know for a given patch and your, your abilities of your character and they know their abilities but maybe you outsmart them in a game maybe they think they have you and you use a clutch mechanic they forgot about yeah or use it aggressively versus defensively and turn things around. Personal skill comes into it. And each new match, you hopefully are, are taking something from that collective experience to play better. Maybe yeah, that's ambitious. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. That's the knowledge you Like you said, my personal experience, my, my play was great. <laughs> my team, though. It is always the team. That's what uh, playing online games have, have taught me. I think that if I was the only person uh, ranked in any video game, I would probably be number one skeptical eyes <laughs> if you no have, one else could be ranked i would, I would be <laughs> number one um but yeah it's like you you talked about roguelikes a little bit mm-hmm. um i know like we've talked they actually we have, have progression though exactly they, they do have like meta progression but that pushes you forward that keeps you unlocking things like binding of isaac would be a really good game even if you didn't get unlocks at the end because of like how solid the gameplay and the mechanics are mm-hmm. but maybe people wouldn't put their crazy amount of hours they have into it like if you couldn't unlock a new item at the end um yeah um and the fun thing is like let's say you go through the first time and you unlock some stuff you're like oh cool you don't know what unlocked it mm-hmm. you just know that you did some achievement throughout the game yeah and that now puts this cool new item in the item pool mm-hmm and part of the drive is I want to get more of those and see how they interact together Yeah, and see what happens with R and Jesus as I pray to him <laughs> on this run. Maybe you have something that pairs together really well. Maybe you can't see what the item is and you pick up soy milk and it completely castrates you. It you always does. Know. Yeah, that's what soy milk does. It's a little, little known fact. Little soy boys. <laughs> for, the, for the listeners out there. Um, yeah. And like even once you've kind of developed, you understand the items, you understand the meta, it becomes a, how far can I exploit this? I've got this cool item. How do I build around it? You know, like there's, there's a lot that happens in the, the binding of Isaac choice, uh, the choices you have, um, even though so much is determined by RNG, um, that I feel like that keeps that kind of game really fresh and interesting. Um, and for me, like, so I haven't put like a crazy amount of time into binding of Isaac, but I've played like no, a fair amount. <laughs> like, well, literally no one has put a crazy amount of binding of Isaac time in compared to you. But, um, I mean, I got like to the, uh, Isaac fight, like the mm-hmm. angelic Isaac. Um, I think I beat that. I think I worked my way down. Uh, mom was before that, right? Yeah. So normally it's mom, mom's heart, 
mm-hmm. and then Isaac, and then there's stuff beyond that. There's like heaven or like Sheol. I don't think I ever beat Satan, but um, but I have put like a fair amount of time in the game, and it has uh, just a lot. You can get invested into the runs, even if you've done like so many runs in the past. It'll pull you in because you're like, oh, cool. Like I've got this this nice little combination. Here's how I can kind of exploit this as a strategy I can use, um, and that keeps the game fresh because you don't know what's going to happen next. Um, I think that's really like obviously the strength of roguelikes is you don't know what's going to happen next because it's not predetermined. Yeah. But as you go, like you notice certain things that kind of impacts how you play, Mm -hmm. like um, using bombs, keys and health as a resource throughout that game. Yeah. With Isaac being the example, you're like, okay, well I can maybe save this to gamble on. I hope there's something over here, Mm -hmm. but I technically need that much money. Do I really want to spend the key to open the shop it might have shit items right oh maybe i can do a bomb from the other room mm-hmm. and stuff like that all ties back into how you approach it and then how you go in the next iteration of the loop right you develop knowledge and skills like for the particular roguelike you're playing yeah but anything that actually has um passive progression whether it be roguelike and unlocks or just putting points in passives for your character love that shit yeah Actually, like, um, so we talked about, did we talk about Risk of Rain? Do we have a Risk of Rain episode? I feel like we might have. No, we, we didn't. We did, definitely did not have an episode. We didn't. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, maybe that's not true anymore. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, like, I prefer the RNG in Isaac a little bit more to the RNG in, like, Risk of Rain. Because I feel like, I feel like it's more Which, immediately impactful. Uh, Risk of Rain 2. Risk for, of Rain 2. Okay. For clarification. Um didn't play like hardly any of one just um, for people who are unaware risk of rain one is a side-scrolling platformer mm-hmm. where you have like a little pixelated character and the character has four different abilities and use it to stave off waves of monsters to go to the next area you can also spend money that you get from killing stuff to unlock chests which give yeah. you cool new items to help you kill stuff yeah it's a really fun loop with chill ass music but two they brought it into like a what would you say the art style is like cell shaded yeah mm-hmm. like a cell shaded uh third person shooter type yeah that is still really fucking enjoyable in my mm-hmm. opinion yeah it's just, it's still fun we put some time into it not like a crazy amount but no. like some time um but the rng feels like slightly less impactful individually over time you know it can have a huge impact um but for the most part like the upgrades you get aren't game changing like you can get a game changing as your first major upgrade in isaac that you're just like all right this dominates my build choices for the rest of this run ipecac you're like well i'm shitting out explosive damage so everything will be around that yeah exactly and there's nothing like quite to that extent i think in risk of rain it's a more consistent experience overall that's less impacted by the rng and for some games i prefer that but in others i want more swinginess or more cool exciting things um and that keeps me invested in the loop of playing it over and over because like so the difference between like a couple isaac runs for me um is i may be a completely different creature by the end of it like whether i die or win whatever and like risk of rain it's usually like just trying to get like minimum damage like as much damage as i can get like maybe some supporty things maybe a couple specials but they're really the the same specials um like let's say you're playing by yourself and not with me because yeah. it's a shared item pool. Yeah. If you're playing by yourself, you don't really have choices of do I get this or do I not. Right. 
I mean, I guess you have money to spend to buy the item, mm-hmm. but typically if you're going through an area, you can afford every single thing that's there. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just how much time you want to spend there because as you go on throughout the game, it gets harder over time. Exactly. It's just constantly getting harder and it's your choice kind of when you want to leave the level mm-hmm. as soon as you find where the exit would be and you complete the boss fight. Um, but of those two, I kind of like the variance in Isaac uh, a bit more. Definitely um, more. Like, not to say the co-op experience is bad. I think that's, like, injecting another player into the loop can have a pretty big impact on um, your game's enjoyability. Um, Like, uh, a co-op game we've played a lot of is uh, Payday 2. Like, one of our first episodes. Nobody go back and listen to that one, please, for the love of God. The audio is comically bad. Yeah. Comically bad. I should just delete that at some point. But anyways. (laughs) No, um, No, because... I can listen to this one and then go back mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, this episode was fucking amazing <laughs> compared to the old one. All of them are amazing compared to the yeah. old one. But uh, like the loop in that game is step one, get friends. So, you know, maybe out external loop <laughs> there. But um, get your squad together. Like figure out your kit, your build. Um, always run shadow raid. But barring that, consider like the mission you're going on. Do you want to go stealth? you want to go loud? Like get your your kit together and then complete the heist, get the reward, and do like allocate your skill points if you leveled up mm-hmm. and do it again. Yeah, but you also have the freedom of uh, having a perk deck. Mm-hmm. So hey, maybe you want to have a build that's a little bit more this way. Maybe you want to switch it up for this mission. You want to put points because I think you could reallocate the perk points, right? Yeah, you could pay to respec them, I believe. Or are you talking about the actual perk deck? You can switch the perk decks at any point. The perk unlocks were linear. So you extended a bar out the deck. Okay, so perk decks are the ones you can switch between. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I could be like, oh, I'll be Joker this time around, or oh, I'll be like a tank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could but, be like the specialists, like um, uh, like the melee ones, mm-hmm. or um, I can't remember the names of any of the perk decks. Grinder. Grinder was my perk deck, which was heal yeah, was. on damage dealt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the skill trees were, once you put points in those, you have you spent for that. Yeah, you were locked. Um, you could respec them, but it took money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I, I can't remember if you dropped the entire tree at once or if it was skill by skill. doesn't really matter for the purpose of this discussion, but you had choices to make. Yeah. And it was really fun to go in squad deep with people, listen to the sweet bass of Shadow Raid, yeah. but have the division of labors. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> like, um... So, typical Shadow Raid, everybody runs for the chest. We try and see if we can accidentally spawn an extra Thermite. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go our separate ways. Uh, Dan would always go into the the yard, of cr- the crate yard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shipping oh. yard? Yeah, the ship- it was a shipping yard. Um, I went security door. Somebody would always go. I think you went high. Mm-hmm. Yep. Plays it. I think AJ, whoever else we play with, would also go low. Mm-hmm. I would also go low. So I could thermite the first thing, but I always go to that first camera on the corner in the back where there was a drop-off point. I'd get up my wad of money, and as soon as the guy turned the corner, I would <laughs> kill him with a wad mm. of money. Yeah. Then answer his phone and tell tell his wife that he still loves her. Yeah. It was something like that. <laughs> but, but like, we we had our own loops actually within that particular mission because we did get it down to just role-based yeah. execution. But we'd 
we'd know where certain things could spawn. Mm-hmm. So we'd go check out things like, hey, this Crow area's clear. Crowbar's yeah. here. Yeah. It was a really good loop, but we got efficient with it because it felt good to succeed in a mission and get the rewards yeah. versus get close and have somebody fail. Yeah, and Shadow Raid paid out, like, a lot. So that's the reason we ran that mission, for difficulty and time invested. It was worth it to learn it. Um, do you remember Framing Frame? I do. That was not one I was particularly fond of. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the one time we spent two hours on a, oh my trying gosh. to perfect that or it actually was, complete it? Yeah, that that mission was hecka obnoxious. Like, um, man, that's just a waste of time. <laughs> just looking back on that. And if it, it was like, that was a three day. The original one was a three day before they split it out into a single mm-hmm. mission. And if you failed like any of them, it was like over until we, we, we had like a mod that I think allowed us to restart. Um, Hawk's head. That's yeah. what it was. Um, yeah. No, those are good times though. I look back on those, uh, those like memories fondly. The, the game is not aged super well and the engine's kind of garbage. Uh, the shooting's not particularly great, but you know, playing with friends and this, um, I, I almost said the term counterculture. That's too hipstery. Even for me, yeah. I'm just going to mm-hmm. say like, uh, get to be the bad guys, get to be the villains. You get to be H3, H3. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or jacket. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's the, uh, that's the subversive element. I liked when they put that in, uh, mainly because of the, what what track was that? Uh, hotline, what? Um, they added two tracks uh, when they added the Hotline Miami DLC. Right, yeah. And I, I always put that on for every single mission. Yeah. And that, for me, was its own thing. Because it'd be like, we're fighting cops. I have this. Whoa. Ooh. What just happened? There's an earthquake. <laughs> I had this like cool 80s upbeat music going on, which had me pumped to be like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jazz, just, feeling just, jazzy. Just, shooting some cops. You know, normal 80s things. But like, if you have some way to draw somebody's investment, as you keep saying, mm-hmm. whether it's through customization, customization or choosing how you play the, the game. Yeah. But then also going through those same mechanics. Like, mm-hmm. it's not different per mission. I still have to shoot down any cops or specials who are trying yeah. to get me mm-hmm. and then also do the sub objective of um, unlocking a safe taking the money from the safe into a car that's parked really far away yeah you know there was a lot of repeated mechanics in mm-hmm. like most of those missions sometimes we would do one for fun or to vary up the um uh recent mission penalty because we'd get to like negative 75% or something on Shadow it's like, Raid. Like, please play another map. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, all right, guys, let's ground out, grind out some. Well, uh, then we do like a jewelry store. Yeah, jewelry for like store. No money. It was 100K, which isn't shit at that point in the game. Or it was like. But then we go back. It was the something job. It wasn't Italian. It was a joke on that. But where you get the the, uh, the tiara. Um, I can't remember the it's name of it. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Um, but yeah, like even that, that core loop of getting progression because they had like a similar uh, mechanic to some other first person shooters. Uh, we could go infamous and uh, you'd get like a slight discount on how many points would be necessary to climb the trees um, or some other unlock like sunglasses was the first reward. Um, and then you're just like, start at level one, do it again. So you could spend a stoop as much time as you wanted basically mm-hmm. on the meta progression. Um, but it was, it was heck of fun. The social aspect just added to it. Um, I think that the loop, the gameplay loop for what Payday provided would have bored me much faster if it was just single play. 
I don't think that's too hard to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, certain things were designed as going squad deep. Like, I can't imagine playing Monster Hunter by myself. Yeah. I mean, that's actually, it's in some ways more viable to play it solo than as a duo, just because of the way multiplayer scaling works. They've changed that now. Did they actually? So, single is standard health. Yeah. Um, if you're playing with two people, it is only double health versus going to the full. I think three and four are both. It's full party okay, health gotcha. at that point. Okay, that's good. That's a necessary change. Um, well, we'll just... we only have... I want to play with my friend. Oh, we only have two friends on? Let's not. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's that's a toxic kind of... not Maybe not toxic, but it's a negative outcome for uh, a positive intent. I want yeah, to group up with one really friend. It doesn't really reinforce the playing with people unless you have a full party yeah so for clarification the previous mode was as soon as it was multiplayer there was just multiplayer health and so two people was the worst combination because it's scale up to as if you were playing with four people yeah and you're like this doesn't die my time's <laughs> running out yeah um, not ideal but there's there's other games kind of like in that space that are maybe less uh directly cooperative like we all played Call of Duty back in the day. Everyone's played Call of Duty back in the day, obviously. Um, but like COD 4. The uh, Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 2. The biggest. Those are the two really big ones. Um, those games really solidified what the progression loop looked like for multiplayer and like what the, what the loop looked like. Like you could break it out to just play a match, queue up for a match, play a match, queue up for a match, play it out, play a match, queue up for a match. But the in-between part was the progression you know you start out and you only have so many weapons available to you in cod 4 um and you're like man i really want to get like that ak or something like that right the ak is the go-to right oh that's so good um and you would only unlock it like level 74 or whatever nonsense so you're like all right i'm going to play through some of these matches get my unlocks unlock some perks customize my character a bit then you get to the end and you're like, I've unlocked everything. And the game's like, wouldn't you like to, um, wasn't called infamy in that one. Prestige. prestige. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The prestige. They made a movie about it. Actually. The mechanic was so popular. Um, and you're like, ah, do I really want to unlock? Okay, fine. Yeah. You know, get a gold border or whatever it is. I'll yeah. Do because it. now you could chill off to people like, Hey, guess you already kisses muzzles did this <laughs> this guy and then you get killed by a guy who's on like his 14th prestige <laughs> freaking nerds well this guy's in play another game Let's go outside dude yeah right everyone everyone lower than you is casual everyone better than you is a try hard yeah, <laughs> pretty much that's how it works it's like the george carlin joke of driving it's like everyone then sl- who is slower than you is uh an old grandma or everyone who's faster than you is a fucking maniac. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Um, there's no one faster than me, though, so I don't know what that means. Let's um. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really did enjoy... Probably more of my experience would have been with Modern Warfare 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but just getting the progression of the skill trees yeah. and passages being like, oh, uh, my character will be better at this and this will impact my play style. Yeah. And I would try and vote for maps where it's like this behooves me all right <laughs> like playing at a lake house be like oh are you inside i have wall penetrating bullets yeah da, 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 da. <laughs> there was the uh the um uh map with the the trenches and like uh 
the map was almost entirely bisected by like a bunch of bushes and shrubs and there's like some helicopters off on two sides i know sniper what... map is basically <sighs> what i'm going for but I can't remember. I know the names I of played it, and I know that's where people would always get their uh, twenty-five kill streaks and nuke. Yeah, exactly. Because it was just it was clustered tunnels, mm-hmm. and then there was like a ring outside with bushes where people would just kind of sit in the corners and snip. Yeah, it was just like, well, I've got cold-blooded on, and a sniper, and like a silencer, and uh, good luck. You're not <laughs> gonna find me. I'm gonna get twenty-five kills and end this match. A bush sneezes, a man <laughs> dies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like that that game. It was really engaging. Obviously, they don't really change the formula much in, in Call of Duty. But I understand why, you know. What, do you want to change the thing that prints us all of the money we make? <laughs> no. <laughs> Slap new skin. Ship game. <laughs> yep. Um, but even if you had, like, a bad match, it was like, ah, oh, man, I should quit. You're like, ah, but I'm so close to that next unlock. All right, we'll, do, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into the next one. Yeah, and it feels good. Even if it is just a bar going like, hey, you're now level 37, you're like, nice. Yeah. It's like that little mental progression, that little drop of dopamine. You're like, I'm making progression. I'm being productive in some way. It's a reinforcement to keep you playing. Yeah. And it it keeps your mind off of the fact that you're just alternating kills and deaths, spawning behind someone or being spawned behind, (laughs) you know, (laughs) which was my takeaway from that whole series. No one wins in war. (laughs) Someone will spawn behind you. (laughs) yeah no it's been a long long freaking time though we don't even really play that game at land party anymore it's dropped off the uh off of the docket as it were yeah i stopped being good at first person shooters i don't think i was ever good at first person shooters (laughs) not since uh halo 2 when i owned an xbox right Mm. i mean halo 2 is a good game to be good at though there's a lot of enjoyment back in those yeah, it was a good visceral multiplayer. Mm-hmm. You could split screen with people. Yeah. Screen look. Every, everyone oh, my knows. God. <laughs> yeah. I, I would really try not to, but, like, I'm also not blind, so. Right, yeah. You're just like, I'll close one eye so that my peripheral vision isn't the entirety of your screen. It's always like you see, you're not looking at their screen, but then out of your peripheral vision, you see your character again, but, like, from a behind view, and you're like, I've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is uh is it morally right to turn around mm-hmm. and be like oh, oh there's something behind me let me just double check oh it's a person <laughs> i've checked on my lemon trees in a while yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> where have the lemons gone it, it just becomes fuzzy they've been stolen <laughs> another old uh one i have on the list is actually minecraft oh yeah oh where a, that was interesting i'm collecting shit i'm building shit and then I want to build more shit, therefore I need to collect more shit. So mm-hmm. I need to actually go out and explore. And then my eminent domain kind of grows. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I need to take more real estate for a base so I can have, like, this will be my area for crafting. This will be my area for potions. JK, I've never fucking made potions <laughs> in my life. I've made potions, though. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Don't worry about it. Here's my anvil mm-hmm. and other things. Maybe you have, like, a, a mine track underline, underground. Underline, what the hell? Yeah, yeah words today Mm-mm. no we don't need we don't need words it's not like this is a podcast or anything <laughs> we think in thoughts <laughs> speaking thoughts i also don't have words today as it turns <laughs> out <laughs> but like it was a nice loop of 
like you there's an incentive to go out mm -hmm. you are rewarded with finding materials and other things yeah or just seeing a really cool area oh there's a town over there holy shit i can trade with them and i can buy enchanted leather pants <laughs> for a couple of green rocks i don't use <laughs> done these worthless green rocks <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the villagers are powering their fishing reactor. Like, <laughs> I actually, I really like Minecraft as an example because um, it is so open. Like, there are other open world games. Technically, Minecraft is an open world game. Technically. There are other like open world games where they're like, we have so many mechanics. Like, Grand Theft Auto, you know, tons mm -hmm. of mechanics. You can, like, go bowling and you can do all <laughs> this stuff. But, like, so much of it you don't care about or you only care about it in like a short burst so it turns out into it turns those options into just cool that it's there but i don't really care yeah. <laughs> and uh minecraft is like less or fewer um like uh super developed mechanics but just a lot of things in the world you can do so like maybe they didn't spend like five thousand hours of dev time getting the bowling simulation perfect but it feels pretty good to make a wheat farm <laughs> so you do that yeah and you're um, also getting something out of that which would be bread or mm -hmm. cakes exactly and it, it feeds back into the game whereas mm -hmm. bowling just is like a a cool side thing that's unrelated yeah and it's um like in minecraft there are so many mechanics that it's 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 like um so while other games may be a loop of get quest, kill monsters, uh, complete quest, get quest, deliver item, complete quest, whatever. In Minecraft, it's like, all right, well, plan your itinerary for the day. You can do whatever you want. If that's a lot of the same thing, cool. If it's not, cool. We don't care. This is like the most chill game imaginable. Um, so that's why, you know, I would you know mine out the nether and like try to get all of the uh, like nether rack and things like that and like create cool and interesting like um block types for for your base make a giant j made out of gold or diamond or whatever cool yeah and um, i knew that like jay could work really hard on getting those resources mm -hmm. so i would feel incentivized to make a chicken engine to shoot and shit all over his accomplishment <laughs> <laughs> but like that would be my loop and incentive in the game mm -hmm is like making a small dumb machine or making an underground base that sounds loud and oddly of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chicken run, actually. <laughs> basically what we're talking I'm about. I'm trying to recreate a classic movie. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's I think it's a it's a big accomplishment for your game if you trust the players to find the content or determine what they want to do. Because that's risky. Like there are open worlds out, open world games out there where it's like, here's a bunch of stuff you could do, and the player's like, none of that sounds great, and they close your game. <laughs> you know, um, Minecraft is very much figure it out. Maybe less so than in the past because they have achievements that mm. kind of like tell you what to do for the most part, in the early parts at least. But um, it's run by the player's own, much like Factorio. It's run by the player's own goals that they're setting for themselves. Yes. And you just trust that your simulation and the mechanics you've set up are such that the player can make their own loop for what they want to do. 
and literally their own loop in factorio <laughs> exactly <laughs> my train will go out of here and then come back here and then go back out again after dropping off materials or your afk space where it's just a very a micro circle of conveyor belts <laughs> going and going around you can stand on it <laughs> it's one train that's in the conveyor belt it can never leave <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what would you say is your favorite game loop or best example of a solid game loop tie-in mm. whether it's from a previous slide we've mentioned already tonight or something totally unrelated that speaks to you i think like that's actually an interesting question because usually it, it ties into whether i'll like finish the game out or not and i could get really controversial really quick and mm-hmm. mention some games that i stopped playing because it just didn't draw me in as much don't anger our audience jake they're all we have that's yeah, true right i felt like I still haven't finished um, Kingdom Hearts, like the new Kingdom Hearts, and I don't immediately have any plans of playing it. How I, far I, did you get? I got like World three or four or something like that. Oh, like yeah. I've got I've got time into it, but it feels really samey, and I don't really have a connection to the story at this point because it's progressed so far since the last major installment that I played. And hey, pl- Jake, the story doesn't even have a connection to the story. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> but like. Like, the, the lack of the story to keep me going makes me think, like, oh, a lot of these mechanics are really trivial. or it, I feel it more that it's just kind of, like, button mashy, press the X button until you win, mm-hmm. press the special button when it comes up. Like, I know I could up the difficulty, but then I'm just kind of... Playing a hard-on-fun game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, actually. Um, so, like, I already mentioned Factorio, so that's cheating. But that game is crack. Like crack cocaine that is what that game is um because i can just sit down and be like all right i want to do this task and then i look up and it's just like an excel document of like completed tasks and goals for the future and Mm. input output ratios and nonsense and i'm like that's amazing (laughs) you know like that feels really good um when you can just lose yourself in the loop and enjoy it um, are you sure the loop is a game <laughs> it's also <No>. cocaine <laughs> codename cocaine codename the loop um, no, you're very much one for optimization in games and mm-hmm. even if the game's not like hey this is what this game's about you'd be like but i'm gonna make this game about this yeah so like you're kind of superimposing your own loop mm-hmm. onto the game itself it's true yeah and as i'm sure you know because you've played many games with me over the years i'm always uh the murder hobo mm-hmm where I'll be like, ah, I don't care about the story. I mean, if I'm invested, I'm invested. Right, right. But there are times where I just go around to try and kill everything, scavenge as much as I can to become all-powerful. <laughs> Draw all power into myself. But, yeah. like, I would not bat an eye to, like, beat up an old lady to get two shekels and a loaf of bread. I'm like, <laughs> right. ah, yes, net gain. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's funny there is you say that, but, like, I know you played Divin- uh, Divinity. And I know, like, you're willing to make actual moral choices that aren't always murder hobo, like, oh, as, as you kind of, like, get more attached to the game and the story itself. The less attached you are, I feel like the more likely you are to go full. Full hobo, but... Yes. Yeah. I will definitely say in the episode that we'll never do, Divinity Original Sin 2... Mm-hmm. But we will allude to it forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that game Divinity... You know, it has a really good... 
and deep, deep, deep story. Mm-hmm. And there's every fucking character has its has their own storyline. That squirrel I encountered is has a fucking storyline. It, it does actually. It's crazy. It's an actual, not even a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but it also has. It's really pretty. It's good musically. It has super solid mechanics too. Mm-hmm. But it was fun to, regardless of what race you pick, or class for mm-hmm. like starting abilities you can build into what you want right do you want to be more persuasive and try and barter do you want to be sneaky and steal things from people's pockets mm-hmm. pickpocketing i believe they call it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you want to go somebody is it? <laughs> pick that pocket <laughs> i pick that pocket i'm wearing these pants <laughs> give me the pocket <laughs> that would be actually be a hilarious subversion of mm. pickpocketing as a skill i could see this in like kingdom of loathing kingdom of loathing or something where mm. it's like oh your pickpocket skill and then every time you use it you just get another pocket in your <laughs> in your inventory <laughs> You're just like this one guy who has like a leg of super cargo pants and just pockets all the way down. <laughs> just you Stuffed can't even... with beanie babies because it's a 90s reference. Oh, man. Yeah. I think I interrupted what you were saying. That was the joke with an aside. I can't remember what I mean, we do that. That's fine. Yeah. That's how it I was just ranting about how good Divinity Original Sin 2 is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to... I mean, we played uh, you, me, and Mike, and we'd go around and explore... I think at a point it just became me and Mike. Yeah, that might have actually. I mean, I th- you guys played through the whole game, <laughs> the entire game. Yeah, and I think um, we might have tried to play together once or twice, but um, I've had trouble sticking with it. I mm-hmm. appreciate that it's like an amazing game. I've just always had other games playing like at the time. Oh, it, gotcha. It's harder to get like a group of three together for it too. Two is much easier in today's modern society. We live in a society. Um, then then uh it's easier to get two people together than three that's what i was saying this is true this is also true about my sex life as well <laughs> yeah um, still trying hey. <laughs> but what i was saying about what, you're not satisfied Dave? <laughs> 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 but um i really liked how you could explore around town and talk to some of the shop people mm-hmm. see something like oh they have skill i want to buy or maybe i can try and like steal them Steal something from them when a guard's not around. <laughs> like steal steal them. Them. <laughs> Hear me out. You can pick up people. So I am not technically wrong. <laughs> can you um, put them in your inventory? <laughs> or do you just walk them somewhere? It's like the shitty effect where it just has like the static picture. Like, you know, in like those 80s videos yeah, yeah. where they'd kind of like roll the thing onto the, the screen and expand it up. It's yeah. the reverse where it just goes into your pocket like, yoink. <laughs> um but it was cool to explore around town and then like, Oh, I'm going to go out here. Oh, there's an encounter. There's a fight. Mm-hmm. And then you're working around with the mechanics of that and the turn-based combat. Or maybe you have one person who's outside of combat, who's positioning yeah. or you try and cheat the game. You got your rogue, <laughs> but it felt really good as far as progression for the passive points you got mm-hmm. where it felt very, not surprisingly D and D esque. Yeah for all those interactions and base what would be the word for that i have no idea what you're talking about you got interactions and base something um it's like in like, a classical magical world you'll have things is like strength, strength dexterity intelligence statistics magic, attributes 
I guess attributes or skills, arcana things in like the video game and magical universe, right? Mm-hmm. Or like high fantasy, so right. that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. They have all those things down to a T, but it's really fun to nitpick those progressions in between. Like for the assassin I had, she was full assassin, right? Mm-hmm. And would occasionally get a little bit of CC of turning people into a chicken. <laughs> Standard assassin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still get your contract payout if you turn the t- or target into <laughs> you just, a chicken? Just hand in these chickens. <laughs> 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 they giving you the size like what <laughs> and you give the one chicken an eye patch like no that was the raider captain uh, <laughs> oh man that'd be great yeah and it's it's um this is the opposite i think of some of those those simple games where you largely do pick so many there's so many choices in divinity um it's more structured than minecraft one would argue because there are quests <laughs> yeah <laughs> but <not> wrong <laughs> but uh yeah you get to you get to pick how you play and i think that a lot of people enjoy that play style i know i do um as long as your game doesn't suck and uh oh. it's fun good good words to live by <laughs> don't suck and have fun or if that's your thing suck and have fun <laughs> right words to live by really <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i think the key part of that is it is a fun mechanic that you like abusing or redoing, mm-hmm. but there is some degree of customization, whether it's just cosmetically, something yeah. like Overwatch. I don't progress as far as, oh, I'm level 77, I now have access to this ability. Yeah, you don't get the change AK. change how the game is played. Right. <laughs> Moira gets the AK. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the death ball is the AK. Yeah. If you only you would let me cast it um just unbound your your right mouse button (laughs) you're like i'm out of juice they're like worthy trade (laughs) god um but in other things i really like when you get to choose how to play Mm -hmm. specifically something that fits your play style because i think almost all games i enjoy have a degree of that whether it just be how I approach talking to people right. or murdering them in Deus Ex, hmm. or if I get to nitty-gritty customization like Path of Exile. Right. Yeah. It's it's good to have that those options. Kind of. I think that's <laughs> something that uh, we're kind of spoiled with now in games. It's like if you have no options, then it's... Then you're not an option. <laughs> not <Yeah>. picking you. <laughs> yeah. No. Good point. Good point. I agree. Thank you. Mm-hmm. As always, if you guys want to call in, you can't do that. We don't have a phone number. But if you want to write in, you also can't do that. But if you want to type in, you can reach us at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Um, that's an, an email address. Or you could join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, what, what is? we'll see you in the next one. <laughs> Alternatively, if somebody wanted, they could open the little bottles that they put their ships into, mm-hmm. which they're folded, by the way, and then they open them up. That's how that works. Okay. Yeah. But they could kind of, like, shout their thoughts and feelings into that, cork it so mm-hmm. it can escape, and then mail us that. How are they going to are they gonna mail it to us, though? Probably email. We don't have a P.O. box set up <laughs> yeah. yet. Take a picture of your message in a bottle and email it to us. Whoa. We should really end this soon. <laughs>